Hello, Fight Cheng here with the No Yak Marketing Show, where we talk about marketing that's ready for the 21st century. And by that, we mean it's authentic, it's ethical and respectful, especially respectful of your clients' needs, instead of being overhyped and exploitative. Now, this is episode three, which is based obviously, no, not obviously, but it is based on episodes one and two. So if you haven't listened to episodes one and two, please do so, otherwise this one is going to make very little sense. So to recap, in a tiny nutshell here, the main purpose of what we're doing in New York Marketing, which is the same as uh, the philosophy behind Peter Drucker's original statement that the purpose of marketing is to make selling superfluous, is to answer questions real people have, because real people with real problems seek real solutions to those problems, and those real solutions have to work for them. And in this discovery process, in this solution-seeking process, they have a number of questions. And that's really what we're doing with New York Marketing. So today, or in this episode here, what we're looking at is the types or the categories of questions people ask themselves so you can go out and answer them. And of course, what I mean by answer them is you go and answer them honestly, because the honest and ethical, not only is it honest and ethical, but also it filters in those who are a good fit and it implicitly filters out, rejects in a very respectful manner, those who are not a good fit. And in a way, this is the definition of client attraction. It is especially the ideal clients. This is how you filter in this, how you attract your ideal clients, simply by answering those questions. The good, I would say almost fabulous news is here that uh, when you start doing this, you no longer need to do a dog and pony show trying to impress anyone because those who are a good fit for what it is you've got will automatically self-select. And believe you me, no matter what it is you're doing, whether you... Uh, you know, do crazy stuff or whether you do boring stuff or whether you do, uh, you know, middle of the road stuff, there will always be people who resonate with your message. And at the moment you start bending over backwards and trying to impress those who are not a good fit, at some point they're going to go, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then you end up in a situation where you start using persuasion principles and hit them over the head with bonuses, etc. So, Fabulous news, no dog and pony show required. And also, and I've heard this over and over again from coaching clients, no bending over backwards trying to please anyone. Because if you only get in those who already know what it is they're getting, not only what they're expecting, what they will be getting, you don't suddenly have to go, oh man, I promised them to do this and now I have to go and do it and I don't really want to do it. And I, I can only raise my hand. I've been there, I've done that. I released a course, a productivity course, many years ago. It was a not quite a joint venture, but I reached out to um, some researchers who'd done one of the biggest studies in terms of productivity. And combined with what I'd learned beforehand through practice and what they'd uh, figured out, I created a course. And in order to get people really excited about it, I then created a big, very impressive bonus. This is you know, a good 10 years ago. And ended up in a situation where I had a lot of people take me up on my course because they wanted the bonus as opposed to the main thing. So there I am trying to really teach them how to be productive, how to overcome procrastination, how to focus on the right things, how to prioritize. And they're going, yeah, yeah, but, but this bonus thing, come on, let's do the bonus things. Like help. I was totally in the wrong place. So learn from that lesson. Don't 
promise something you that isn't in line with the thing you really want to deliver and then you end up in a situation where you need to bend over backwards trying to please people and i've heard this from many coaching clients the moment they stop doing that the pleasing people just to get them in uh, life changes in a very fundamental way and i guess the uh, a nice side effect of approaching marketing from the perspective of looking at what challenges, what questions your prospective clients are facing and then answering them is that you always know what to write uh, or what to say. I've seen this over and over again and I've been there, I've done that, okay? In the beginning, I basically followed the advice of what I found on the internet, uh, do direct response, copywriting, all this kind of thing. And then you stare at the blank screen and go, what do I actually write in my welcome email? What do I write in this uh, sales letter? Um, what do I, you know, what kind of offer do I make them? What kind of product do I send out? All of those answers, or to the answers to the all of those questions, will come automatically out of adopting in the mindset of they are facing real challenges. They're looking for something that works for them, and they have questions. And all all you need to do is go out and answer those questions. And that's basically the the ammunition that's the content of what to say and what to write already so let's look at the three main categories of questions the first one is hardwired responses and beliefs and now you might be thinking help have you not just told me that hardwired responses are a bad idea yes i'm talking about a different concept of hardwired here um you need to work with and accept reality. And the reality is that people respond to what it is they want, not what it is they need. And if I could give you a big red marker right now, I'm, I'm holding one in my hand just to, you know, for, for sort of emphasis, holding my red marker here and I'm drawing a big circle in the air. People respond to what it is they want, not what they need. I have spent many years making the same mistake over and over again. Yes, I'm a slow learner trying to give people what it is they need. And sadly, that is the, the thing almost everybody does. You're an expert. You have gone through many years of education, through many years of experience, many years of overcoming hurdles and obstacles. And as a result, you already know what people should be doing. And it is now your passion, your desire to help them. So you go out and go, look, what you need to be doing is this. And guess what? People don't respond to that. And the reason is that in our brain, we have filters that filter in things that are relevant to us and filter out stuff we don't think is relevant to us. And sadly, the way our experience is shaped, our brain works, typically we filter in the things we want and filter out the things we should be doing, the things we need to be doing. As a result, you must pick people up where they're at. If you ignore this piece of advice, you might as well stop listening to my podcasts because this is the foundation of everything. It's not only the foundation of uh, no York marketing, it's the foundation of any marketing. Like This is the one thing that I figured out in even in the newspaper ads. If you give people what it is they need, no one is going to respond. So... That's what I mean by category number one, is we have hardwired, hardwired responses and beliefs. And these beliefs um, are typically held to be true in people's minds. Uh, and the, the reason why we have beliefs and these filters is that basically it's a big shortcut. 
you come to a conclusion that something works for you and now you've made that decision. Decision-making and planning is one of the biggest drains on the, on the brain. It takes a lot of energy and as a result, we make these shortcuts. We say, well, we've made that decision before. It was a good decision. And as a result, I'll now think this is a true decision. It's the right decision and I'll keep making it. Um, so if you then go in and say, yeah, but as a, as a, you know, turns out you're wrong, your decision is wrong. You've got yourself a nice 12 rounds of objection handling. I'll give you a quick example. My sister with the best intentions, um, she has a um, sort of vitamin health product and she goes out and tells people about this beautiful health product. Okay, fair enough. And just for kicks, I sat down with her and said, look, sister, um, it's all very well, but I've got this you know, weekly delivery of organic food, organic fresh vegetables delivered to my doorstep, and I'm loving it. Don't uh, Surely I have enough uh, vitamins and minerals. And she goes, yeah, yeah, sure. But look, my thing is concentrated. And the moment you yeah but someone, you are basically saying, well, the decision you have made is wrong. Now, remember, Decisions are a very costly function. So the brain is very, very reluctant to go and to make that decision again and change that position. And that's something we have to accept. People have in their minds things that are true. And the moment you've got, yeah, but you are wrong and I'm right, you've got a conflict. And that is something we absolutely must avoid. Not absolutely, you can always overcome it with enough bonuses and scarcity, no doubt. But if you want to attract your ideal clients, then forget about yeah, but. We pick people up where they are at, what it is they want, and then gradually help them in a very positive way, shift their perspective. Now, some of these beliefs are also very limiting. You've, you may have heard about the term limiting beliefs. I'll give you a little story here. I did some consulting with a local printing company and they basically being local uh, started worrying about the internet and how to compete with the cheap prices on the internet. So they got me in and I said, well, okay, the first thing we need to do is find out from your existing and past clients what it is they liked what they didn't like, and especially the past clients who haven't bought in the last, let's say, six months, um, why they stopped buying. So we can then address those issues. So they go, yeah, okay, we'll do that survey. And nothing happened. So I keep asking, so how's it going? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just redesigning the questionnaire. All right, and now we're printing it. And now we are almost ready to hand it out. Until about six months later, and I kind of given up on the whole thing. I just checked in from time to time. How's the survey coming on? Because until we have that data, we can't move on. About six months later, we are at some local fest, uh, sort of a wine festival here. Uh, and everyone being a bit more relaxed after a glass of wine or two, they finally confessed to me that, uh, sorry, fight. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do the survey because we are afraid of finding out that people don't like what we did or do right now. And that was the end of it. There are some responses, there's some beliefs that are so hardwired and so entrenched that they are truly limit limiting. So if you now go in and persuade someone like this to take you up on your service and you know invest lots of time and energy, etc., they are not going to get results. So as a result, this is the kind of stuff you need to unearth early on and help them with. Either you decide that this is a limiting belief that you are going to help them with, 
or you decide and you make this very clear that you say look we're probably not a good fit because if you hold this kind of belief i'm not of course you wouldn't say this explicitly but you get the idea um if you hold the belief that you don't want to find out what people think about you, then we're probably not a good fit because I, I'm not the kind of type who can help you with that. These are the kind of things you will find out, figure out over time. And incidentally, I'm kind of jumping out to the end of this episode here is the good news is you don't, what we're looking at here, the different types, the different categories, you don't have to do in one go, in one sitting. You discover these things step by step through a very lean approach where you test one hypothesis, you validate it, and once you've got real data from real customers as opposed to make-believe and hoping and you know what your sister told you, uh, then you move forward and do the next thing. Alrighty, so hardwired responses, there's one more aspect to this, and that is, of course, we must get attention. So they were onto something there with the newspapers when they said, well, you know, at the end of the day, if no one pays attention to our ad, then it's a waste of time. And the same does uh, apply. And I'll give you a, um, a little story here. I attended a business games seminar. It was actually really useful, sort of games in a business setting and then reflecting how the outcomes and the, how the processes uh, are reflected in everyday running your business. And this one thing was, a on the surface, a game, uh, a team-building exercise where in a team you had to completely assemble a Lego car. I don't know how many pieces that was, a small Lego car, let's say 50 pieces. And in a team of four, how quickly can you assemble it? So you had a few minutes to access, uh, to to come up with a strategy, and then it was off off you go, off to the races. Now our team finished first, and we raised our hand, and there were these sort of uh, you know judges standing around, and they didn't look at us. And a couple of seconds later, the whole thing only took a minute and twenty seconds or so. A couple of seconds later, another team raises their hand, and the judges point to them, and go, "Here are the winners." And the immediate re reaction in my team was, well, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We know that we won, that we were the first ones. And I kind of semi-agreed, and I went, no, fuck this. I mean, if in real business, in real life, you go out and say, well, it's okay. You know, people will come to me, and they will realize that I have great value. It's okay that the opposition, the competition shouted louder. It doesn't even have, even have to be opposition or competition. If something else in their life appears to be more important than the solution to this problem, then you know you lose out. And not only do you lose out financially, but also there's an opportunity where you truly could have served someone. So what I'm saying is this hardwired responses, not only is it important to focus on what people want, but also figure out um, how to get their attention in a respectful manner, um, but you know, interrupt them in a fairly direct way. Because if you don't get attention, you will never be able to serve them. And that's kind of what we do when we test initial ideas, what it is people truly respond to without attracting the wrong ones. Alrighty, um, I'm looking at the clock, 15 minutes. I need to speak faster. Part number two, category number two. So number one was hardwired responses. The second one is the journey. So you remember, it is real people looking for a real solution to a real problem that actually works for them. And along this thing, 
along this journey of be becoming aware of that they have a pain they are no longer willing to live with to actually finding a solution so they can start moving forward. Um, there are all kinds of questions like, is this the right destination? Is it the right starting point? So a very quick story here. I enrolled in a course with Frank Kern, $8,000 um, on, I can't even remember what it was. And the moment I log on, uh, by the way, this whole thing had a no refund policy. Uh, it says, oh, by the way, and then you get some clients through Facebook. And this is what before I was doing Facebook advertising. I'm going, are you kidding me? I have absolutely no idea how to get clients through Facebook. And it was a, a given. It's like, okay, you just go and get, uh, you just go and get clients from Facebook. It's like, dude, this was a, a waste of $8,000 because I have absolutely no idea how to do it. So getting the right starting point out in the open and clear is very, very important. And also, is it the right person to guide me there? Um, do they resonate with you? Do they like your style? I mean, some people like my style of talking. Others go, dude, you talk far too quickly. I don't like it. And that is fine. That's what I said earlier. There's no point putting on a dog and pony show. People resonate with you when they like, you, like your style, and others will not resonate. That's fine. And of course, then you've got, uh, is it the right method? Is it the right vehicle for getting me? Um, you may have heard about format, uh, where people have different learning styles and taking action styles. Another aspect of my, this, is it the right philosophy? Is it the right approach to doing things? These are all kinds of questions people ask themselves quite often subconsciously along that journey. And if you don't answer them, then they go, oh, you know, I'm not sure if it's for me. This might be the right thing, but is it for me? I don't know. And then the third category is something to do with personality type. And I'll give you a very brief story. My wife and I went to see friends in southern France, and behind their house, they have a, a giant quarry. I'm truly giant, so big that there's a train track in it. Well, this train has been, or train track has been disassembled since. Um, but people go there for walks. So we go for a walk and we come to a tunnel. And I, you know, I'd been through that tunnel a couple of times with my friend. And this time I'm there with my wife. And this tunnel is long enough and goes around a bend that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So you, basically what you do is you pick up a stick and then you walk into the tunnel and it gets darker and darker very, very quickly. And then suddenly you are in complete and utter darkness. So we didn't have any phones with us. Fair enough, we need to go through this. And my wife bolted like a, a you know, wild horse. No way, she's going to go into this. So I mentioned this to a friend afterwards, and he goes, yeah, I know why. I'm going, what? How come? Turns out some personality types are focused very much on what could possibly go wrong in the future. And until they know all the things that can go wrong and how to deal with them, they are not going to take action on this thing. Whereas my personality type is very, very different. It is, well, I'll figure things out as we go along. And, you know, if I encounter an obstacle, I'll go and check it out. For me, on the other hand, there's a totally different restriction uh, or uh, concern. And that is, is anything going to restrict my freedom? If you give me a plan to do something, like, for example, you know, I want to lose weight, uh, but you have to count calories. Dude, that's not going to work for me. I, that's too restrictive. I don't like it. The core idea here is that even if you use 
category number one and you hit the right buttons and give people what it is they want, you pick them up where they are at and you're not yeah, butting their reality, but you're actually working with their reality and you're being honest about the limiting beliefs and helping them shift those beliefs or say, I can't help you. And even if you are the right guide on the journey and you start at the right starting point and go to the right destination, if you violate the core questions underlying their personality type, you have lost. There is no winning someone's business if deep down they fear that, well, I'm going to look like an idiot or this is not going to work for me. There are so many things that could possibly go wrong. Or they might be saying, look, this is res too restrictive. It doesn't work for me. So I guess to sum up then, and I've mentioned this beforehand, the good news of all of this is once you start deploying this, it is literally putting out information that reflects what you have got and what you can deliver and how you can help people. And that's what I mean when I say the New York Marketing Show is about marketing that is authentic and ethical and open and honest. You no longer put on a dog and pony show. You no longer bend over backwards trying to please people. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, the side effect is that you know what to say and write. I would even say there's an even more fabulous news, and that is you don't need to do all of this in one go. It is literally a case of starting with the first question and testing this in the marketplace. New York marketing is all about lean development. Um, the worst thing you can do is come up with what you already know th uh, people should be doing. Yeah, you are the expert. You already know what they should be doing. They're doing stupid stuff right now. They need to do something else. And then you go and put that out and you build the entire funnel behind it. You go, well, I need a product. I need a website. I need a podcast. I need to have a video channel. I need to have an upsell, a downsell. I have an autoresponder, blah, 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 blah. Only to find out that, man, they're not responding to the thing I put out in the first place. So the answer is all of this you develop in a in a very lean style. And if you go over to noyakmarketing.com, I'll put some resources up to help you with the the core essentials. What is the the very basic set of tools and possibly pages? And there's this misconception around what a funnel is. A funnel most people think or learn in the marketplace that the funnel is well, it's a landing page, is it a squeeze page, uh, an offer page, a thank you page, and you know it's a bunch of pages. That's not what a funnel is. So I'll put some resources up there. Actually, I tell you what. Uh, the funnel idea would be a good podcast. So uh, if you let me know, I've done this uh, episode here through Anchor. You can download the Anchor app and reach out to me and send me a message. So um, I guess in future episodes, what we'll look at is uh, how to discover that real attention grabber in the beginning that lets you then answer those questions that are really coming out, not the ones that are in your mind, but the true questions people are struggling with. Alrighty, there you go. That was episode number three. And if you have any questions, reach out to me both through the Anchor app or, of course, on our uh, website. Go to noyorkmarketing.com and there are different ways of reaching out to us. Alrighty, cheers. Bye.